Whoa, look out, zombies. Hey everyone, it's Dan. Episode 3 of One Minute with European Zombies, circa 1980. We're talking Zombie Lake from 1980, and we're talking Burial Ground from 1980. All good times. And we're, we're mixing it up here. We started in the first episode, we were Zombie Lake, then Burial Ground, then Burial Ground, then Zombie Lake. And this time, let's call it, I guess, the odd-numbered episodes. We're going to start with Zombie Lake, and then Burial Ground, even numbers the other way around. And I guess the reason why I want to immediately get to the Zombie Lake minute is, we yeah, join me for the, the third minute. Um, it begins with the makeup Christian Sauvage credit on the screen. If you, if you know where Zombie Lake is at that point, you are either realizing that Zombie Lake is the best movie you've ever seen, or you're thinking maybe Zombie Lake isn't for you. But let's dive into the minute. guys and gals watch this this minute it's a very nude minute unless you're watching the clothed version and i feel vindicated because the bra and the granny panties that she has on when she goes in the water in the clothed version are not the short shorts she was wearing in the previous one they're much higher up she know that she knows where her waist is so so we're, we're we're doing what we did because there are still some credits here so i'm just going to finish moving through the credits and then we will just talk we'll chat it'll be fun so we we the opening image is her completely nude on a log just laying out in the sun and after the makeup uh credit which is a fun credit when you see a completely nude person you get the special effects credit so i love your special effects mr michael nizza the niz they used to call him the nizzer so and then montage uh claude gross and as 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 it says claude gross we are panning up the body of the woman and the and yeah and oh daniel white on music and it's great here because the music as it goes um as the minute goes along it goes from kind of a sort of the the plaintive kind of with i i guess it sounds like melotroni but it wouldn't have really been in 1980 but sort of the synth strings you heard it there and then the and in this minute after she's laying out in the log and she begins to walk towards the lake and go in the lake at the end of the minute he goes a little kind of jazzy not not super jazzy you know like he's not going to, to monk town or you know 
you know, like not, none of the uh, none of the piano greats of of jazz are going to, I think, be overly worried. That's Herbie Hancock. No, it's no, there, yeah, but it's it's a nice little little plaintive kind of tune, which leads one to believe that something might be happening of an untoward nature shortly. So it's great because like. I want I want to finish the credits. So so we we I think the last credit here is the co-production Eurocinian Paris and JE Films in Madrid. So it's it's a French Spanish co-production, and I love the fact that in my mind JE Films is like, hello, this is JE. Yes, yes, I own JE Films. Yes, who do you want to talk to? It's only me, JE, of JE Films. Are you making that nudie zombie lake film? damn right you are i oh you could is there a house in the background i have the uni co-production um uh credit up with her in the background on the log i does that sound dirty uh and the, there's like a house in the background isn't there look up at the top top left up above the d and the u in co-production isn't that a house she's not too far from a house it looks like or it's a giant monster face in the tree, looking down at the lady and going, don't be nude around here. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But I do remember very clearly, yeah, when we watched this film the first time, uh, it, it, it was not at, Burial Ground was at Matt Tobin's overnight party things. And I remember, I think, watching this at Eric Zidell's house. He had this, this he, his family lives in this huge house and this huge living room. Is it a family? I don't know. It's, the TV was there. And I grew up, no, I didn't grow up. That was the house I grew up in. When I was in my teens, we lived in a house where we had a den, a living room, and a family room. And I know that makes it sound like we were the Clampets. And we kind of were. No, we weren't. It was just, it was a split level house. It was laid out that way. But the living room was at the, it was like when you walked in the front door of the split level, the living room was to your right. And that was where all the nice couches were, where the, one of the, the big Christmas tree went, because we had another Christmas tree in another room. And that was the room no one ever went into, except for me. I used to go in there and record stuff and shoot stuff, video and write and things. And you kind of went through the kitchen on the right, and then the den was a back room, and the den was a room that used to be nothing. It used to be like a picnic room that the p- people before us used to use. They made it, we made it into a den. It had a space heater, well, a huge, like, almost not a wood burning stove kind of thing, but it there, and that's where the family used to all hang out. And but then if you walked in the front door and went to the left down the little split level steps, you were in the family room. This room I've talked about before. But so so, what is that tangent about? That tangent is about the fact that I actually grew up in a home that we had a living room and that was it. I don't know if you guys are the same. Right now, I have a living room and that's it. But all these living room, family room dens, I don't know where we were in Eric's house, but you walked in Eric's front door and you went to the right and it was this room. And the room had another exit that kind of went out into the kitchen area. But it was kind of like the room where they had all the really nice furniture. And then to the left of the dining room. And then you went into the kitchen. And then the back there was this huge, epic room. Trivia, Dan Budnick trivia. The first time I ever made out with a gal was in that room. I'm not going to tell you who. Maybe I will. Email me. Uh, I won't tell you where to email me because I have several emails. Having said that, we were in that 
living room, family room, you where you go to the right. That's where we would generally watch a lot of our films during high school because his dad or his mom were in the the big room big family room type thing and i remember very clearly us sitting in there like zombie lake this is going to be incredible and we popped in zombie lake and the first three minutes of the movie is like a gorgeous woman lounging around and there's a slow pad up her leg past her <clears throat> area and, and and up her body and it's it was like okay well you know we're we're there were like it was myself eric and probably a couple other people possibly some gals and you know, everyone was getting tingly. We were probably all 16 or 17. We all get tingly, but we're all still waiting for those freaking zombies to come out of the ground. And can I just say that I'd forgotten that on the Blu-ray here, and I would imagine, I don't remember, I don't have the VHS, but because the, the title of the movie is The Lake of Zombies. We call it Zombie Lake. But if you look at the title on the English credits, it's Zombies Lake. So the Lake of the Zombies, which is correct in English, but somehow is a little less like zombie, Z-O-M-B-I-E-S, apostrophe, lake, is, is, you can be grammatically correct, but have your horror title wrong. Zombie Lake is scarier than Zombies Lake. Zombies make it sound like, like this is where Rob Zombie's family lives, and you can't, don't go on there, don't trespass on there. And as you see in a moment, our gal, here we go. So, so our gal's lounging out, and she goes down to the lake, and it's wonderful because she passes by sort of like a sign, which has just some images on it, and it seems to be saying, don't swim in this lake, but it looks like it was drawn by a, you know, a 10-year-old. It looks like it... This is Eurocine. They shot stuff on film. This looks pretty gorgeous on the Blu-ray. I mean, as gorgeous as they look. They, they, I have several Eurocines on blue, and I love them all. I've, I've talked about them before. But that 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 sign she she sees and she kind of picks it up and throws it into the grass it, yeah it looks like it was drawn by like a 10 year old which is funny because that reminds me of stuff that you would see later in the 80s and shot on video films and things where they would mock up you know signs and things and just have someone you know take a sharpie and and write something or do something and just just to to expedite things you know don't make it look professional it just has to signify something and then we go on so i love that i love that this gorgeous nude woman grabs this cheap ass sign throws it in the thing and then she goes swimming and the minute ends and we'll wrap it up here because i went off on the tangent there because still there isn't much going on i could talk about the fact that i like nude women all day long but i don't think that justifies you listening to this because i feel like that's another podcast but i could be wrong so she goes swimming, and it's great because immediately we're underneath her and we're getting shots, which I have seen described elsewhere as gynecological. You could be right. But the minute ends at that, and yeah, if you're watching the clothed version, and we'll talk about fun, like how intriguing the clothed versions and such are in, in regards to like what is the actual, I don't want to call it text, but what is the master 
version of the film and we'll, we'll t- maybe talk about that next time or the next time or by the end of this but yeah if you're watching the closed version she's in a white broad huge white granny panties if you're watching the version i'm watching she's nude gorgeous swimming around the cameras underneath her so let's go on to burial ground shall we and get to mr beardy weirdy going to wherever it is he's going he knows the secret he's got a flashlight it seems to be the middle of the day but he's pretending it's the middle of the night I'm going to trust his judgment as a continental European. Listen. One minute focuses on a woman uh, laying out in the in the sun, lying out in the sun, going into a lake. Another one focuses on an older beardy gentleman going into a strange, strange cave at the at the end of the minute. There's sort of you see briefly like what look like sort of statues of maybe like saints or something. I don't know what they are. But you see what he approaches, and you couldn't really see this at all on the old. VHS and I, I, I guess we, we'll discuss briefly the old old VHS and I'll discuss the time I saw this on the big screen. But it looks like he's approaching sort of an, a little amphitheater or something like that, sort of stone rows of seats carved into the side of a hill, um, descending into a space where he goes in the cave. And I will say this: the last minute he seemed to be moving towards the middle of the day. In this minute, it looks I I'm. I'm going to say it's dusk. Uh, I It could be dawn, but I'm saying it's dusk. That's why he goes out. Uh, um, although it could be dawn, I guess. I mean, I, because it, it looks like dusk or dawn as he's approaching the cave space thing that he goes into at the end. And so that would either be he was out there earlier when we saw him. And it was he was in a cave. It was dark. You couldn't tell what time it was. And I, I would guess... It was during the day. And he went back and he diddled and he was like, holy crap, I found this secret. I got to go out right now. And he goes out as the sun is going down to check on something again. That makes sense to me. And that would also make sense as to why we saw the light in the last uh, minute. Because he clearly walks a bit of a distance from the house. So if the sun is setting, he's probably catching the last rays of sun when he leaves and then when he arrives at this amphitheater cave space the sun is gone down and and darkness is descending i like that i'm standing by that rather than him going out at like three or four in the morning or five in the morning i don't know what time of year this is Uh, maybe we'll learn but rather than him going out during the night and arriving there as the sun is about to come out i like to think of this as yeah 
the movie began mid-afternoon. At this point, we are at dusk, and he is proceeding back into this cave, and everything's very wobbly and shaky. If this were, say, like, As Above, So Below, or a found footage film in a cave, what's that one? Like, the Irish one, where the guys go under the church, and they go into the cave, and, like, they go deeper and deeper, and it scared the hell out of me? I don't remember the name of it. I I gotta tell you, my one failing as a person who watches a lot of, a person of horror, a person who watches a lot of horror films, is that I am much better at remembering older horror films that I watch than newer ones. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. I have no remembrance of what that found footage film is with the three guys who go to the church and it's in Ireland or something like that. And it's a harrowing, very harrowing ending. But but so, so, so the, he, he's going into the cave, Beardy Weirdy is going in the cave, and the camera's around him, and he's got his light. And can I just say, there, there's not a lot to talk about in this minute. There are no credits... I, I am okay well uh, here here's what I'll do I'll finish talking about the minute then I'll go off on a, on a tangent or two I love what is it about 20 seconds in that that music I love that so much when I was talking in the first episode about wanting a copy of the soundtrack this was kind of like I love that so much. it's so eerie and if I remember correctly it doesn't actually sort of pop up again in the movie so it's one of those weird musical things like the um that super thick synth in the redeemer class reunion massacre when, when you intercut the point of view shot of the car going down this deserted kind of road in the middle of nowhere going to the deserted school intercut with the redeemer like putting the red goopy stuff into the the latex into the mask and it's like these thick synths that just like you can like feel like the synths are running down your face and down your shirt and all over you as you're hearing them this is this is not thick like that but this is like because the the redeemer synths are only right there if i remember correctly in the movie and these synths are only right there and they're two sort of my favorite synthy moments in horror and it's just i wish there was more of it i like it so much but that's the minute. He, is, he goes back to the place he was at in the first, like, 30 seconds of the movie. And he's approaching some some sort of people, statue saint-type things. And that's cool. So let me just, just point out, when I mentioned the amphitheater earlier and kind of went, huh, about it. I guess in the same way that I went, huh, about seeing the house behind the nude woman. I guess... Normally, when you watch Zombie Lake, when that scene comes up, you're either not paying attention to the nude woman and reading the credits, or you're just paying attention to the nude woman and missing the house in the background, or whatever that is in the background. This one is the amphitheater. And when they showed this in theaters, and when they put it on VHS, and probably beta as burial ground, they it was as far as I know, it was uncut. All the gore was still in it. It had the different title, Burial Ground, rather than the Knights of Terror. But it was, I believe it was uncut. But what they did, Sneaky Devils, was they darkened everything. So scenes that were gory were darkened. So although there was lots of gore, you couldn't make out all of the gore. And I want to say that amphitheater scene, I don't have the VHS here, looked like a toilet. A bad toilet. I don't know what I mean when I say that. You know what I mean by a bad toilet, like in a, uh, 
you know, like a, a rest stop a toilet. Looked like a rest stop toilet. Sorry, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it looked bad. You wouldn't quite know. You just see him approaching stuff that looked like stone. And you're like, where is he going? Oh, he's in a cave. Okay, that was a cave. But it looks like an amphitheater when you see it properly. I saw this on the big screen in 2004 or five on an all-night thing. It was super fun. It started with um, uh, uh, um, David Friedman was there, and they showed The Defilers and She-Freak. That's where I fell in love with She-Freak, and they showed Ultraman, which I now have on flipping Blu-ray for heaven's sake, and they showed... Um, Man from Deep River and they showed Street Trash the full version of Street Trash and Swedish Playthings at 3 in the morning because there's nothing sexier and they showed other stuff and, but but at like 2 in the morning I remember it started and I went to get popcorn and it was 2 in the morning and they showed Burial Ground. I remember sitting watching Burial Ground and when the gory, at that time I think we had the DVD which um, had the, the darkness taken off of them. So I always refer to the bathtub scene later on. I will get to the bathtub scene later on, but that's a super gory, gross kind of scene. But it wasn't really in the old VHS uh, because it was so dark. And when I watched it on the big screen, it was exactly like that. Had there been anyone awake near me, everyone was zonked. As, like I said, this is about 2.30 in the morning. I would have said, oh my gosh, they did that to the prince too. So, so when they brought the prince of burial ground to America, I guess they darkened certain scenes to. Uh, but I think there was still like no one under seventeen admitted, as far as I know. This film was never rated R, but they still kind of did that so they didn't have to trim it. I always thought it was a VHS thing, but watching it on the big screen, I thought either maybe this maybe this was a print that was used for the VHS transfers? I don't know, but but yeah, that that, that weird darkness, to the gore, if you remember the old VHS, was in at least that print when I saw it in the big screen. Because I remember watching going, so much fun, I can't wait. And then the gore scenes came out and I was like, oh, they're dark here. Huh, weird. So I had more I was going to talk about regarding nudity and erotic stuff. But we'll save that for another episode, shall we? Because I think I've gone on a little too long right here. But let's let's wrap this up. And I still don't have anything clever to say right here. Nope, couldn't think of anything. Let's uh, listen to this. Mm-hmm. 